Be talking sports. It's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yo, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. What's going on, everybody? Back like we never left. 24-7. Multiply the 7 by 2. That's 14. Woo! This is episode 14 of season 4. Welcome back to the Mickey Zizzy podcast brought to you by Pinnacle Supplementation. Make sure you reach your pinnacle. Go ahead and check out pinnaclesup.com for all of your fitness and wellness needs. As usual, go ahead and also check out our man G for three on YouTube. You know that boy, Grant Anderson. You, I mean, you already know, guys. The pickup globe trotter, secret sauce shooter, smucker, smack talker. I mean, this is the OBL extraordinaire, guys. I mean, uh, you know what it is. Let's go. Let's go. It's football's back, baby. As of tonight, let's go. Talk to me. Let's go, Mickey. It's time. Football is back. High schools in Iowa have been kicking off training camps. D1 programs are reporting to their schools. D3 is reporting next week. The commercials are coming out, and yank, there is football on the TV. I might cry. It's preseason. So excited. But it's I'm football. so excited. It's football, baby. Absolutely electric. Absolutely amazing. The vibes are immaculate. I love football. And we're going to talk some more football. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the AFC North. Uh, we have maybe a special guest involved. All right, all right, all right. And we're also going to be t- finishing up our last side at our last fantasy talk for fantasy football tight ends. So, y'all, this is the official opening. Like, if you want in, which Haley Hines is already in, but uh, if you want in, start reaching out now. We'll be posting on all social medias. But before we get into any of that, you know what it is. The Mark Mason person of the week. Mrs. Izzy, who you got? For my person of the week this week, we're going with my man from the from the field itself, you know, in the crew, uh, j- just straight from work. Uh, my man, Alex Guerrero. Um, I appreciate him first and foremost. So summer is the most it's the busiest time of the year for us at our company. We do a lot of school board work. And obviously, when all the kids are out of schools, we're inside doing all construction and making sure that all gets done before they got to get back in the classrooms. Um, so this is my first summer as a project manager at this company and like first summer dealing with school jobs and really fast deadlines and getting four or five buildings of work done in six, seven weeks. Like it, it was, it's just a push. It's a grind. It's crazy. Um, and he did, he did a hell of a job being in the, being the main guy in the field, being the foreman out there, leading the crew, um, just on charge on site for us. Uh, it made my job a whole lot easier and then was able to also help me from him having more experience just in the field itself. I was able to learn stuff from him that I can use on future jobs. Just all around good experience. He's a good dude as well. So it was just fun talking to him whenever we were able to, you know, to get a little break from work and whatnot. But all in all, just awesome, awesome job by him and really appreciated his his hard work and effort on my end. Hey, we always appreciate hard work. That's why they get highlighted on the show, Yank. For those people like that, people who just do their job, bring their lunch pail to work, and get it done. Shout out Alex Guerrero. That's awesome. Absolutely. Um, going to my Mark Mason person of the week. Once again, a co-worker. You already know. I got to shout them all out. But Nick Nordheim, he's actually a former Iowa uh, cross-country and track runner a long time ago. 
the walk on from walk on it was walk on college uh our walk on was the high school anyway uh he is the girls head track and cross country coach and the boys cross country coach he's an absolute delight to work with he's a dude he always brings a smile his energy is great and he runs with them he's a workhorse and also why i'm shouting him out is they have like the williamsburg 5k 10k you know boys running in it so uh we're gonna compete. okay not gonna compete i'm just trying to go for a time uh, not in shape by any means. I'm in lifting shape, not running shape. But a huge shout out for him putting that on. I always love doing events. Um, Haley doesn't like it so much, but she, <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> She's like, I'm ready to. She's all fun yonder. But uh, um, no, it's all good, all fun over here. Um, Coach Nord, um, huge shout out to him. Absolutely, like and and like the fellow coaching, the coach network that you are building out here, Mickey Hines. Like, well, let's talk about it. The this, is, this is why you guys got all the hardware and everything going on right now. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, put the rings on it. That we see the trophies <laughs> at the school now. Like, we get it, we get it. But no, shout out to all that. That is absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, let's move on though. Let's now, Yank, we are gonna move on and we are going to into our AFC North preview. And Yank, we've been wanting to do this for some time, and we got a guest to come on to talk and to back up his team. It's about to get dicey. There's gonna be three screens. I'm so excited for this part. So if you have a team of a division that we have not talked to, uh, talked about yet, come on the show. And here's the reason why, Yank. Let's talk about them. I'll bring them in. You talk about them. Well, I didn't know if you were able to bring him in or not. I haven't seen him on my participant screen. Oh, there he is, the main man himself. He's been asking to get on here for a couple years now. Whoa! Right? All right. Oh, and he brought the whole background experience. Okay. Yeah, no. What's going on? Jacob Watkins, welcome to the show. Welcome to Mickey's Izzy Podcast. You have been asking to do this for like two years now, so it's about time that I get you on here. But uh, AFC North, big time. Football's officially back. It's on the screen. And we're not talking soccer. I know you're upset about that from yesterday, but we, we won't get No <laughs> need to talk about the soccer, brother. I'm all good. I'm all soccered out. Tweeted earlier today. I'm so glad football season's back because I'm done with the soccer shit, man. The messy show, I'm <laughs> sick of it. Love the guy, but it's just it, – it, the, the circus is not for me. Absolutely. We get it. Yeah, Jacob, welcome to the show. Nice to officially meet you. Uh, You've already one-upped us with the background. It's awesome. You came in swinging like people who have to come on after you. Like, I feel sorry because Jacob's coming in and setting the bar at a very high standard. Uh, Obviously, y'all can see his sweatshirt. I'm excited to talk about it. But how we're going to do this, Jacob, is we're going to go ranking our who we think is going to win the AFC North and who's going to lose it second, third, and just kind of highlight those teams and preview what they're going to bring to the 2020. You want to start from the top or do you want to go from fourth like we normally do? Well, let the guests choose. What do you want to do? I think we can all agree on a fourth, maybe, I think. I don't know about that. It's going to, it's going to get dicey. We'll see. Let's go bottom up. I'm cool with that. Bottom up. All right. Bottom that sounds up. fun. All right. Gotcha. Well, you know what? We got to be like somewhat good hosts here on the uh, podcast. So, Jacob, bring us with your worst team. Who's going to finish last in the AFC North? Talk to me. It's a tough call. Um, you know, I, I tried to prep stats, but truly I just got to go off vibes for this whole conversation because if the vibes are high, chances are things are going to go well. Vibes are low. You know what happens. So, you know, bottom team, it's between two of them. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go with the Steelers just based on proven quarterback talent. I mean, they're always a solid team, but between the Steelers and the Browns, just a spoiler alert, those are my two um, for the okay. bottom half. But I think okay. I got to stick with the Steelers just because we don't know what's going to happen with Kenny Pickett. 
I mean, whoo, all right. You said it's going to get dicey. I mean, their backup quarterback is an absolute stud. Mitch Trubisky, yeah, you want him as your backup? Oh, my God. That's great. He's going to go win you games. I'm just saying, like, the quarterback, I totally get that Kenny Pickett. I don't think he's truly sold. I do think they're going to have a quarterback battle. But that defense is scary, right? That defense totally wins the game. Mike Tomlin is one of the greatest coaches in the NFL. Like, you think he's going to let this team fall to the bottom? Certainly not. And I, I actually wrote down Tomlin as my first bullet point for the Steelers. You know, he, he, he always keeps them in shape, keeps them at least competitive. You know, the Steelers right now remind me of like the Dolphins for the last 10 years, like hovering right around eight and eight, not really a threat to anybody, but bound to screw up some team's schedule and, and their playoff seating. So, you know, the Steelers might be third. I don't see them as a second just because, you know, injuries aside, I, I, I think our top two are kind of locked in. Um, but really, it's it's a coin flip for me between the Steelers and the Browns. I, I do trust Tomlin more than I trust whoever the Browns have. I think it's pretty fancy. So, Kevin? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, look, Tomlin's proven they're probably going to be at least even on the year. Well, we don't have even records anymore, do we? Uh, no. With the ad, I think you have to be at least one on. One well, on, 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 but either we way, know he's, I get what you mean. He, I get what you yep, mean. He's never had a losing record as a Steelers head coach, so – you know, nine and eight worst case scenario or whatever the math works out to. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think in the AFC North, you're going to have to be better than that to, to be above fourth. So, yeah, you think you, you said the Steelers were last, right? They're, they're fourth on your – and like you said, I, too, I do understand, like, it is going to be close because I do have them going eight and nine. Like, I have them going that one. You, you don't under. have them have their first losing season? I, I really do because, like, kind of like we've been saying, it's like it's got to run out sometime. And they had Ben Roethlisberger, right? They actually had, you know, good receivers out there. But, like, George Pickens is great, right? Pickett to Pickens. Like, he's a phenomenal quarterback. But – and Najee Harris, great running back. Pat Fairmouth, who we're going to talk about later, like, great. So, like, I just don't think they can put it all together like you're saying. They don't have that elite quarterback. And it is going to be <clears throat> in Kenny Pickett's hands. So, you're going based off quarterbacks. Like, that's why I have them third. Um, is because I think the whole team aside is going to be great and they can really put something together. But are they going to like that's a tough division in itself? But I, I, I get where you're coming through with the fourth. Zizzy, where you got your uh, Pittsburgh? I, I had him at three. Um, and it really was just kind of going with the whole like the whole defense thing. I mean, I think TJ Watt is a top three defensive player in the league. I think that Mike Tomlin on top of that, I mean, he's a defensive minded coach, but just from the sake of the fact that he's never had a losing season. And I'm, I don't like to bet on things that haven't necessarily ever happened before all the time. Um, so you look at all that. And then like recently, we're going to talk about the quarterback play. Like we love to make the joke on here. Can he pick it? They're going to pick it. They're going to throw it. He's going <laughs> to throw that interception. But when you think about it, the way he ended the season, I thought he came on pretty strong, especially with the fourth quarter comebacks. He had three fourth quarter comebacks at the end of the season. So, I mean, you take a look at that. You see the development of the wide receivers. You know that the coaching is going to be one up than some of the other teams in the division. I, I mean, I j- it's hard for me to believe that they're going to be the team that falls to the bottom when – we have the Cleveland Browns who are just the Kings of ripping their, their team's heart out. Like I I understand, (laughs) I understand when we look at rosters on paper, the Browns might have a better roster. So I'm not going to blame you by putting them at three, but I I mean, Deshaun Watson still has to prove himself coming back on two years play. I mean, yes, he was a top five quarterback, maybe in 2020. I understand all that coming back from everything, but 
I, I just, I really believe in the coaching of Mike Tomlin. I really believe in a defensive uh, presence. I mean, they're good. They have, they have to win. They're an even a 500 team or better for the entirety of his career there. So Jacob, does that like change your mind at all? I mean, I get some of the things, but like, so you said it like you're going based on vibes, which I love. So, so Kenny Pickett is the main reason why they're going last. Yeah. I mean, it for, for me, you know, like I said, it's kind of a coin flip between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if either of those end up as the bottom team in the division. Um, I think they'll be relatively close. Um, not that I'm a huge Deshaun Watson guy. Zach knows I, I've, I've been out on Watson basically his whole <laughs> career. I saw him playing a bowl game here at Camping World in Orlando, and he just didn't wow me. Same feeling I had when I saw Ben Simmons play at City of Palms and, and Fort Myers just didn't seem to have that factor of like, yeah, this guy is certainly there. the best player on the field. What was that? Good guess there too. Yeah, right. Exactly. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking my heels in deep on Deshaun. I don't believe necessarily in him either, but look, the Browns paid a lot of money for him. So he's got to have some level of talent. Um, they seem to have a, a decently stacked wide receiver room every year. Um, they're running back. As we know, Nick Chubb, arguably one of the best in the league defense has been solid in recent years. So it's a coin flip. I don't think either of those teams are going to go down easy. I think they're going to be hard fought third and fourth place. Um, but, you know, for me, they're, they're really interchangeable. So I don't necessarily agree or disagree with you guys. Love that. No, and that's the thing, too, is they're going to be tough no matter what. Like, when you look at the Steelers, you're always like, all right, dang, they're, they're, going, to bring, they're going to bring it. Like, if we play our best ball, we're going to beat them. But if we play down, they're going to take advantage of those opportunities. And the reason why I have the Browns last, right, I said Steelers are uh, third and the Browns are last. Is yeah, Deshaun Watson. I haven't been sold on him with all the allegations, this and that. I haven't played in a year. Me and Yank have been talking about that on the podcast. Like, you don't play for a season, you're not going to be great the next year. You're not going to be very good. Like, you're out. You're out of the system. Which maybe those last games, participating fully in training camps and all the practices, knowing that you're the number one going into week one. Sure, I'll give you that. He's going to be good because he was very talented. He did put up the yards back when he was with Houston. And Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs. Like, that's obviously the pull for like. Okay, like I could see maybe the Browns win in a few games, you know, maybe like more than we anticipate. But like, yeah, you talked about the receiver room and how their roster, rosters are kind of mano y mano. That's how I took it. But like the receiving core, I'm taking George Pickens, right? And Deontay Johnson over Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore any day of the week, right? I think Amari Cooper well, is. I mean, great. I'll give you, I'll give you this. I think Pittsburgh, just in general as an organization, is one of the best wide receiver development like places to be like they develop wide receivers better than most organizations in general. I mean, just look back. I mean, Antonio Brown was in a high draft pick. He ends up, comes out, ends up being a stud. You have Deontay Johnson. You have all these, I mean, all these fresh faces, new guys that end up going to other teams that your bears just ended up picking up one. Um, so, I mean, everybody else goes, Ends up playing pretty well with these guys. I just think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the coaching. That was my big difference because when you talk about the Browns, let's be let's be real. They're they have the better roster on paper, right? They're off. No. Like, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Like George one of the Pickens, better, one better of the than Amari Cooper. Najee Harris. All right, he's he's up there. Nick Chubb. You're gonna put George Pickens over Amari Cooper already? Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm, 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 I hate that take. I'm not I mean, ready. I, I'm Did not you say ready. you hate it, Jacob? I, I don't hate it. I mean, it's, oh, there we go. <laughs> it's arguable. I mean, w when you look at both of their rosters side by side on paper, not that I'm very well versed in either of their rosters, um, they just feel vibes wise the same to me. Like they're almost the same beast, this problem child that's going to cause problems 
both in the division and the rest of the, a the AFC. They're never going to be an easy matchup week to week. I just don't really see either of them as a threat. Yeah, to me, it's the the offensive firepower, I think, is a little bit more overwhelming than what Pittsburgh has. I mean, you have Amari Cooper. You bring over Elijah Moore in the trade from the Jets. You have Nick Chubb, who's going to be a top – I mean, he's a top three running back in the league. You cannot deny that. There's no Kareem Hunt anymore, so he's going to be full tilt, full time. You have Jim Swartz to the coaching staff. I mean, that's going to help adjust and fix the defense, which – honestly has more talent that's than what had, it has shown. I mean, you have Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett on the edge. That's a dangerous duo in the NFL. Dalvin, Tomlins Dalvin Tomlinson is a bona fide defensive tackle in the center. I mean, they're going to stop the run on the back end. I mean, they add Juan Thornhill. I mean, I, I think it's Greg decent Newsom's talent. Gonna, they got pieces that they added in. I just think they bolstered the defense enough. Their offense has more firepower. It's just the coaching that comes down to it. Like you said, Jacob, these teams are so close. You can pick either way. I'm just going to go with Tom. You know, and like, it's funny. I'm going to, my last thing about the Steelers and the Browns, you know, let's look on the other side, right? I brought up Greg Newsom in the secondary. Like, Browns got some dudes, right? But then Micah Fitzpatrick, which is one of the best safeties in the league, right? Joey Porter Jr., yeah. not half bad. Patrick Peterson, they just went picked up in the free agency. Like, I know he's, old he's, ass he's still a lot Exactly. Cameron Hayward, one of the hardest people to block. Who I want to talk to people, right? TJ Watt, like they got dudes who Pat Firemuth, they just went and got the left tackle. Uh, Brodick Jones like, from Alabama, like, loose. like, oh my goodness. Like that is very hard. Uh, definitely a coin flip, but I mean, I am going to say true. Like, and I've never really liked the Browns. I've been a Browns hater. Oh, come on. <laughs> ever, ever. I like it. Not hard to dislike the Browns. Left, but, um, Anything else about, I guess, the Steelers and the Browns before? Nah, let's get to the beef. We know what it is. Let's get it. Top two. Talk to me. Who wants uh, to start? You got it, Mick? Well, we got we to gotta, we gotta let the the guest. Oh, I already know where he's going. So. I know. Say it. <laughs> Rip her off and try to sell me. All right. So, kind of speaks for itself, right? I, I wouldn't be coming in here as a longtime Ravens fan representing if I didn't actually think that they were going to be number one in the division this year. Not that I don't think that most other years, it's hard not to um, used to being an underdog. I've seen this team go up against the Patriots in the playoffs and win multiple times. I've seen them go up against Peyton Manning in the playoffs and win multiple times. I've seen them win a Super Bowl when everybody counted them out. And it's just kind of the, the, the name of the brand at this point. So every year is a year where I feel like we should win the division this year though, feels different than other years. The vibes are at an all time high, at least in the Lamar era. A lot of pressures off the team, a lot of new faces coming in, both on the player side and the coaching side. Um, and, and honestly, you know, with the Bengals, biggest thing I, I see for them this year is they're starting to feel the pressure that the Ravens have felt for the last few years. You know, it, it doesn't help that Joe Burrow did pick up a slight injury in training camp this year. Um, thankfully, it's not going to be a long time thing. But, you know, starting the year on that on that foot is not a good look for a guy that's nearing his contract year. Both of his top tier receivers are having their rookie contracts expire soon. It feels like not that the championship window in the NFL is the same as the championship win window in the NBA. I just feel like their championship window or their window of cheap talent is quickly closing. They went to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Can they recapture that magic or will the pressure take them? Um, I, for one, think the latter is going to happen, but you know, recently they, they've always been a threat, so I'm not going to count them out. I just think that this year vibes are much higher in Baltimore than they are in Cincinnati. I, I mean, agree. I, I see, and you're like a Ravens fan, and so you know you've thought about this. You've went to bed thinking about this stuff, right? Like I totally get it. And you you sold me on one part, 
And that was like the whole Lamar era. Like all the drama is done with him, right? He now does have weapons. Like, oh, snap. Okay. Right. And the pressure is all about Cincinnati. They're sitting in the back door. Like, no one really has pressure when you go into the game. It's like, we're expected to lose. We're expected not to win the division. So it does have less stress. So that point is nice. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, I mean, for me, it's not even necessarily just that. It's the, it's not the pressure of, um, just what Lamar has from just what's around him, because obviously his receiving core, this is going to be the best receiving core that he's had in his young career. Um, but also just the contract stuff is over with. Nobody's going to be talking about that. He can come into a season for what we believe is fully healthy. I mean, that's the biggest thing when we talk about Baltimore, I think from a roster standpoint, this can be the most efficient Baltimore Ravens team that we have ever seen. This could be the biggest and most explosive offensive firehouse that they have ever had, at least from what I can remember. Um, and then it's still a Baltimore Ravens team that's going to run the philosophy of we're going to play physical defense. Yeah, they might give up some games. They might struggle from here and there against the pass. But, yeah, I mean, again, they still have banged up injuries. I mean, how many corners went down last year? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like It's been the last few years, man. And I'll tell you what, Steve Saunders has gone our strength and conditioning coach. A lot of current and former Ravens players blame him for ruining their careers based on his workout regimens and the way that he looked at keeping yourself in shape. He's out of the building, and, you know, so far, fingers crossed, we haven't really seen a serious injury other than, of course, a cornerback in Rocky Austin who went down earlier this week. Um, but, you know, you, you bring up a good point. It's not just that the pressure's off this Baltimore Ravens team. It's that the roster looks significantly better, specifically on offense, than it has in the last few years. You know, the receivers are the obvious upgrade. You know, no more of the days of Seth Roberts and Willie Sneed and everybody else that's come and gone over the last few years. You know, Lamar has real talent at wide receiver this year. I saw something today. Peter King visited the Ravens training camp. Uh, he's been to six so far. He said Zay Flowers is the best rookie overall that he's seen in any of these six training camps so far. If you've you seen Zay Flowers highlight tapes, you know, bro, he's going to be a problem. I'll tell you what, the drip that he got, too, with it. Just like, you know, when people walk across the stage, like on draft night with the swagger, we kind of talked about that. It gives you a feel, somebody. Zay Flowers' smile is just the way he addressed Electric, crowd, bro. Every, everything. Stop with the Zay Flowers hype. I love it. Because I, I want to pick it. him up in fantasy, all right? Stop the hype. <laughs> I'm not saying, man. I don't know if I can use the second-round pick or wait till the sixth. I, I, I really yeah. don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know either. But, I mean, like you said, Jacob, Zay Flowers. Obviously, Odell Beckham Jr., who might have been well on his way to a Super Bowl MVP the last time we saw him. I mean, depending on how healthy he is. Mark Andrews, we know what he's going to do. Isaiah Likely. And then the running – I mean, the running backs is a committee. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. I mean, we can go down the list. I get it. They're a fire – it's, it's firepower across the board. I love it. And I, I really do feel for the Baltimore Ravens this year. And I actually agree – I've said it before. It's it's. I had the Ravens winning two seasons ago. And I'm gonna pick them again. They're gonna come we back. back. We this back. I got my bet it. in months ago, right before Lamar signed his contract. I locked it in, man. Odds were good. I don't think they'll get that good again. Hey, it's okay. It's okay because part of the reason why I got them here on number one tonight is because I also got the bet for them winning the division. Let's get after it. But no, I I really do. It's not even just the whole, like, we talked about the team upgrades. We talked about the pressure being on other teams or not even as much on them. It's also, like, like let's talk about the confidence, the self-confidence of Lamar Jackson. When he's talking in his interviews, he's saying, I'm going for 6,000 yards. 
I'm doing this and that. Like, do I believe that's going to actually happen? No. But the fact that he thinks it can, and he's never had these type of weapons, but still has had a 36 touchdown to six interception season, has still had 4,000 yard passing. See, I mean, the the dude is coming. That's that's just what I believe. And when you bring up the foot the foot injury, the the calf sprain for Joe Burrow, that's that's going to be my big knock. Honestly, going the season, I think it causes the Bengals to start on a slower foot, and then inherently causes them to lose the division. AFC is so tight, you can't start off slow if you expect to end on top exactly. of, of really any division in that conference exactly. this year. Exactly. You know, I don't like doing this, but the tides are switch? closing. <laughs> I'm not going to switch. I do have Bengals number one, but like I am going to highlight it is going to be tough. I mean, I'm neck and neck with everything that you're saying and the injuries. Yeah, it's not looking great. And here are the reasons. I mean, I'm going to say the great reasons, and I'll say the reasons why I'm going to keep them two games under, one game under the Cincinnati Bengals. Good thing is, yeah, Lamar Jackson. Come on now. He's an MVP caliber. Tyler Huntley, like you, he won you games last year. He kept y'all afloat. Like that's nothing to be talked about either. I'm not too hyped up on Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. I know that's a very unop- that's an unpopular opinion. I just when I look at them and when they run and when they play in the games, I don't see anything too explosive, right? I always see oh injured, and this guy feels it injured, and then this guy feels it. Oh, I kind of have a good game like an 80 yard game. I just can't get behind like an established running game, and their offensive line is great. Okay, they have Petra Ricard, who is the best fullback. Right, you got to give shout out to the fullback love. You have Morgan mm-hmm. Moses, which is just a vet. He's 33 years old. He's he's a dog. Um, Ronnie Stanley is one of the best tackles in the league, in my opinion. And then Iowa guy Tyler Linderbaum. Like, that's three dudes that I can name and actually have, like, some thought. And remember watching them play? Like, that's actually kind of scary. But if they had, like, an elite running back, that would be even scarier. Okay, let's go to that. Let's go to the outside, right? Let's go out to the receivers. Like, Zay Flowers, we already hyped him up. I'm on the same page, y'all. I am on the same page. Trust me. All right. Uh, Mark Andrews, we're going to talk about it later. Trust me. I like it. OBJ, will he come back? If anything, like he's just a morale booster. I think him and Lamar, like Lamar's attitude is going to be better just because of OBJ. See, I'm talking them all up because then when you go to the defensive side, right? Kyle Hamilton, he's a second year out of Washington. I I think he's nice. Patrick Queen. All right, lockdown at linebacker. They got my guy, Roquan Smith, who I was hyping up with the best player for the Chicago Bears defense. Like, Dang, that's a lot of dudes. All right, but can it all be put together? All right, the running game, I think when it gets down to the crunch time, is Lamar going to be able to do it? Is those receivers actually going to be doing it? Like we say, it's nice. So I just really, really hope it all meshes and folds. And I think what we said earlier, right before I started talking, I think they're going to get out slow. And I think they're going to drop a few games. It's going to drop them one game under the Bengals. All right, because they're going to win later on because I've been kind of talked into that a little bit. I had them two games under, 10 and 6 and 12 and 5. No, 10 and 7, 12 and 5 um, for like the okay. standings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But now like I think I think they'll have the capture one, but I think they're going to start out slow. All right, and I think at the end of the day, that's what's going to uh, crush them. Is it just because it's a new offense? Like what? Like- oh, 100%. I mean, you have two new guys going into it, and Rashad Bateman isn't terrible, right? He was a starter last year. He was supposed to be the dude. Um, so I definitely think that aspect as well, um, that's, that, that's going to help. Okay. I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to say that when they're the ones that are actually coming in healthy. And I think that's always just been the question with this team. And I mean, I'm Ravens come in healthy 
nobody questions questions their ability to win. Whereas right now we already know that the Bengals are a little bit more banged up. I mean, they go play Houston game one. Like, yeah, I think they start out like a win there, but I think they lose to the Bengals. I think the Colts will give them a run for their money because they're kind of turning things around. They're going to go play the Browns. They're going to beat the Browns. So like, they're going to start out two and two and probably go up to like, you know, three and three, four and four. And then they're going to go off on their run. So I think they're going to drop some games that they shouldn't because that's what I've seen in the past as well. I'm being a little bit of bias there. And on the flip side, like, come on now. If we're done talking about the well, – I'll let you all finish the Ravens talk before we get to Bengals. I'm all good. I got it, man. You got your Phil Jacob? Jacob did you, you, feel, get your... you feel like you got the support there for him? Yeah, I mean, look, nothing else really needs to be said, you know. Um, in, in, improved pieces all around. The secondary is unfortunately going to be a question mark until we get some depth there. Um, I think Marlon hum- Humphrey is pretty underrated as far as corners go in this league. Okay. Um, never gets the respect he deserves. Uh, it's it's really going to be on him this year, though, to to keep receivers at bay, um, lock down opposing passing attacks, and we'll see where we go. But I, I think if we can stay healthy, solid chance this is our year. Yeah, I think the linebackers for y'all is going to be great. I don't think the D-line will struggle a little bit, too. So I think, like, just some drives are going to get worked. But, like, that offense can also keep up. Anyway, we'll move on. I love it. Jacob's just like, dude, I'm laying down the law. Here it is. <laughs> I don't I love my spot, man. I get one it. chance. Right, one so chance t- at this in years. Yeah, t- so tell, tell me about some Bengals then, man. What you want, Mickey? Oh, you want me to take it? I yeah, mean, well, yeah, you're the one that want him at one. So what you, you want? You already said I've been throwing out Super Bowl predictions. If Joe Burrow stays healthy, now we're playing that game we played when we talked about uh, the AFC East, right, Yank? And I hate playing this game. But I think he is going to come back healthy. They're going to drop him. He's going to be ready. All right. That connection with him and Jamar Chase is deadly. Like T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, that is one of the best receiving rooms in the NFL, right? Their passing game is going to be absolutely electric. Did they just go pick up Orlando Brown, too, to help out that offensive line? That offensive line has gotten tremendously better from when he first got into the league. Joe Mixon, playing for less money, because uh, he has to, because running back. Anyway, we're not going to get into that debate. We already had it. But, like, Joe Mixon is a solidified, great running back, right? He compared to J.K. Dobbins. Like, that totally wins in my book. All right, tight end, yeah. Uh, Mark Andrews is going to take that category right but if we're taking a truly passing quarterback joe burrow is ahead of lamar jackson i think that's true now more versatile of course lamar but like joe burrow just commands that offense he is cincinnati but can the pressure be on that's where i'm a little worried where they're going to drop a few games kind of like the buffalo bills have been in like this is their year they're about to go off it's about to all be about them so like that kind of scary Right. So I think I also have to agree with that a little bit, kind of what you were saying earlier about the pressure and uh, whatnot. But I mean, just the offense, who's going to be able to score 25 points a game, you know, and keep up with them. I mean, I would say, I mean, <laughs> that team right there. Yeah. No, there's a few teams that that's the thing. It's going to be offensive races between some of them. Uh, but when you look at the Bengals, right, I don't think there's anything to scoff at. I mean, it's two straight seasons making the AFC Conference Championship game. Like, let's be real now. I mean, during that run, I mean, Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator, I mean, I mean, let's – I don't ever look at the Bengals' defense and think that they have any crazy names or, like, big-name talent, but they answer the bell every single time down the stretch of a season, at least during this run over the past few years. So – um, I always give that, and while I'll give the Ravens and some other teams in this division an edge as far as overall defensive talent and skill, it's just when you have a game plan that works and you're able to answer questions on a weekly basis of what your opponent's going to do, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. So I got to shout him out. And I, we know about Burrow. 
He's one of the best. He's that connection is going to be deadly. There's a reason why Jamar Chase is my number one in fantasy. I've been hyping him up. I'm not going to fall off that train. I think they have all the momentum besides the injury. Um, but come on now. Yeah. Jacob, talk to me. Why, why not? I get it. It's just like you're talking about the offense winning this division. I now think that the Ravens also have an offense that can match that, but an even better running game. Like Joe Burrow is not going to run. Joe Mixon is a one is the only running attack that they have. They don't need. You said a better offensive offensive group. The wide receiver group is way better in Cincinnati than it is in Baltimore. We'll I mean, I'll get. I say the wide receiver we'll group see. is better, but I say overall offense. We'll see. Offense? We'll see. No, I mean, look. In in terms of best wide receiver in that group, obviously it's Jamar Chase, right? But when yeah. you look at receiving core as a whole, you know J.K. Dobbins, Joe Mixon. I think Mixon leans that way in, in terms of better receiving back. But you look at the tight end group; it's not just Mark Andrews. Isaiah likely is there as well. You know, it's not just Odell, Zay Flowers. Odell's coming off the injury. I'm taking Tyler Odell Lewis. is still Odell. Mark my words. Odell is still well, Odell. As a certified Hands team, baby. That's all you need. That's all you need. He is our Hands surefire. Hands get fans, Mickey Hines, You know this. Look, it's it's not just him and Zay. You know, it's it's crazy that Bateman's nagging injury slash un- unhappiness with his contract situation, even though he hasn't earned a contract by any means yet, um, isn't really the dark cloud that it should be. You know, for the last two years, he was our go-to guy. If there's no Bateman, there's no receiving core. You know, we can theoretically live without him this year. Nelson Aguilar is an underrated signing. He hasn't done much yet, but he's at least been consistent enough to earn roster spots and new contracts, you know, expiration after expiration. You know, we have baby Debo and Devin Duvernay. So when you look at all the options, all the offensive options, I I think, and and you used the word, Mickey, dynamic. You know, people like to draw this line in the sand of, oh, well, Joe Burrow's a better passing quarterback than Lamar Jackson. So? The quarterback can run. The quarterback can pass. The quarterback can do a lot for his team. And and just the threat of Lamar Jackson taking off running is enough to open up the field. And now that we have an offensive coordinator that actually knows how to draw passing schemes, hopefully knows how to give the ball to his running back when we're within the five-yard line. Come on, man. Greg Roman's gone. This offense is going to be something completely different. Our offensive line has a chance to get back to where it was in 2019. You know, this is the year. We know who the Bengals are. We know who they have in the last few years. The hardest thing in sports is keeping that identity consistent year after year, and only the great dynasties do that. You know, we already have the Patrick Mahomes. I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be, you know, that oh, level Joe, of dynasty. Hey, hey I mean, Look, I, get where, I get where you're saying it, but, I mean, it, it's hard to sustain it. And like you said, these are final contract years for a lot of these guys. I don't think they can pay everybody. So it's the last dance, baby. Saying. Yeah. I can they handle that feeling of, of what happened of what when Michael Jordan like was in the dance. last dance. He went and won the whole dang thing. That's this Michael is Jordan. Not basketball. That's Michael Jordan, man. <laughs> you can't be caught out the last dance. Oh my <laughs> That's gonna give you more hype for the Bengals. Um, no, this has obviously been a huge and great, awesome debate. Like we've all said great things and you know, it is definitely like I thought it was like, you know, a big gap in between. But now it's definitely lowered and totally agree with a lot of it. But like, I think all, that blows so Burrow, like yeah. as an overall commander of the game, right, how he can call his audibles and whatnot. And Lamar Jackson can, too, because he's just going to take off and run. Right. Like, hey, I'm going to take the pull. He can pull all that jazz. But yeah. I think that also goes to Joe. I, Burrow. Just, I just think it's crazy that this is one of those divisions that everybody could finish above 500. But somebody's got to finish last. So got to see what happens on the field. They yeah. do. Well, if anything else from you, Jacob. 
That's it, guys. I appreciate the time. Hey, hey I appreciate, I appreciate you, you coming on. Nice to meet you, brother. I heard a lot of great things. Heck yeah, keep on listening. Go check out Jacob Watkins, huge Ravens fan. Let's go. That was exciting. All right, but we are. We'll uh, get you out out of here. All right. Appreciate you, man. All right. Now, Jacob coming on was awesome. We were so happy he took some time to come on the podcast and hype up the Ravens. And I know we were talking like. He was speaking some things into existence, man. I mean, hey. He had you moving the needle a little bit. Had you moving the needle. I did. I don't do that often. (laughs) You don't get me to move the needle often. And uh, he came in spitting facts. But Bengals all the way. I mean, I'm loving it. He says after all that, but no, Bengals all the way. Exactly. I got to give the man his flowers. No pun intended. Call it Zay. Like, Zay and Zizzy. Got to get the man his flowers. Give him a T-shirt. No. Awesome. Absolutely electric. Once again, thank you to him for coming on. But uh, we have to finish the rest of our show. It is a two-segment show. We're going to be breaking down the top tight ends you should draft in fantasy. And myself, I our number one should be the same. If not, I'm going to drive to Florida and probably punch you. Who but do you got? Like, is it smart to go draft your really, really good tight end in the first two rounds? No. Or yes. Like... I've seen teams be successful with it, but at the same time, like I like to draft mine at the six or five slot. Um, that's kind of like where I like to draft my tight end. So that's a little bit of my draft analysis for people. Like, would you go to that stretch? Uh, okay. So like I used to have a group of a fantasy league where I was known for like being obsessed with tight ends. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just because, like, as a linebacker, I have to cover them all the time. I don't know what it is, dude. True, true, but, true. I don't, I mean, I used to love the early tight end strategy just because there's such a limited pool to choose from, right? Exactly. But when you look at other positions, like, typically you have to run multiple running backs on lineup, multiple wide receivers for sure. Um, and then there's some leagues that are super flex leagues where you get the opportunity to do two quarterbacks. I mean, quarterbacks typically score more in fantasy. There's a whole lot that goes into it. But when you're talking about limited talent, a limited pool to choose from, I think that the tight end position is the most restricted out of all of them. I mean, after your top five, maybe even top three, but I give a top five this season after looking at it, I would say there's there's nothing that's guaranteed. You got starters, you got people that are sleepers for sure, and some hidden talent I think that's there, but nothing that's going to guarantee you, oh, this guy's giving me 15, 20 every single game yes but those top five I I think you have that and then outside of that it gets tough but um as of now I am I'm more I do tend to push it to like a fourth or fifth maybe sixth round uh it just depends what's available I mean for number one and I'm gonna say that Travis Kelsey number one Okay, it, I'm not driving to Florida tonight so that's good okay you're not driving to Florida. <laughs> all right so Travis Kelsey number one I I do believe if you are in the second and th- or third round and you draft him, that's smart. That's okay. First round, I get, I get, I always get sketchy with a tight end, but still, I understand it because not only is he best tight end, he could qualify as a number one wide receiver. So I, I totally understand it, especially if you are in a keeper league like myself, where I have Patrick Mahomes going into this season already, like that stack is absolutely unstoppable. So I, I I totally understand it from that perspective. And that's the thing is Travis Kelsey is wide receiver one in Kansas city. So he's going to be the top tight end in fantasy football. 
And he has had so many a thousand yard season. He's going for Tony Gallons' record. He catches everything he doesn't want to pass. I listened to his podcast, uh, New Heights. Um, he does he hates uh pass blocking, he hates run blocking. Like put him out in the slot, like he is a wide receiver. And the chemistry, we've been talking about a whole bunch of chemistry here on the show today. Um, so we're kind of going with that thing. But him and Patty Mahomey, like they're two peas in the pod. They are the best bros, they are the did we just become best friends type of guys. So that alone, Yank, like, it's only going to help him up. Patrick Mahomes' first look is always going to be at Travis Kelsey. They can look I at mean, each other, yeah. right? He can give a quick sign, and boom. They are and we here. already know what Mahomes' stats are going to be, but, I mean, if you want Kelsey, I mean, get you can give him to that. I mean, this guy is the number one tight end in six of the last seven seasons of fantasy. So not a big surprise that we're sitting here saying he's going to do it again. Last and year, for instance. Some people may year. debate us and say, oh, his time's up. Like I give him one or two more. That's years. the only argument that you could like, even he's have a, is just he's... the fact that he turns 34 this season. Yeah, I get it. He's a little he's older, a but I mean, he's a young 34. Like he still seems pretty spry. He's got the attitude, like the mindset too. When you talk yes. to him, you see him. Like I, I fully believe, kind of like Gronk in a way. If Gronk hadn't got the injuries, like that attitude yep. keeps you young. I, I appreciate all that. So no, I mean, staple it, sign it off, stamp it. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, he he averaged 19 points per game in PPR last year. The next highest was 13. 13 still nice though. Um, which goes into my number two, which we already talked about the Ravens today, but Mark Andrews. And really, once again, oh, like sure. he was the number one receiver for them. A lot of times, there's one game. Was it last year? I think it was last year or the year before, where they had like 50 points combined. Like there's two people. Uh, it was actually in our very first year in the fantasy football for Mickey's podcast. It was Omar, and I think it was against Haley. And our uh, my good friend Omar came back because he had Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson stacked in that crazy like Monday night game, and he put up like sixty five points to come back and won by one point, like crazy, right? And I picture Mark Andrews as well as that wide receiver type, that Kelsey esque type of tight end. And Lamar Jackson, like, yeah, they're gonna have more weapons on the outside, which is only gonna open the door for Mark Andrews more. All right, going to be a great check down guy. PPR leagues are going to love Mark Andrews because he's going to get a lot of catches. Mike, he has a point why he's my number two. See, you kind of almost made me move my needle a little bit at the end there just with the thought of like, okay, more like better receivers around him. It's going to open it up more for him. I had kind of taken as the thought of like, you know, Zay Flowers comes in, Odell comes in. Bateman comes off his injury. You have the running back by committee to throw to. Lamar's going to run as well. Like, I thought it would take targets away from him. But now I'm thinking, like, there's nobody that can single cover Mark Andrews just based on size and everything else. So if that's what they're going to end up doing, you may be very – you may be right on that point. But um, I actually had him at number four going into this season. Um, and it was – and like you said, I mean, we know – I would maybe give him three, but – Okay, I'm gonna let you talk. I got four. I got four. Um, and it's I mean, we like you said, you've seen what he can do. We've seen the monstrosities of games. I mean, he was on off a off to a hot start last year. I mean, I want to say over the first six games, he had like 40 catches for 450 yards, five plus touchdown. Like he was he was balling. But then we look at the last nine games, only 34 catches. He didn't have a touchdown over the last nine games of the season knee and shoulder issues like I get more worried about him having injury concerns than most other tight ends Um, I feel like that he's kind of had 
four to five games a year that he's had to sit out because of injuries over the last few seasons. And, and that, that bothers me, especially when you already have Lamar who's been known for his injuries as well. It's just, you never know, are they going to be able to make it through a full season? Is the chemistry going to be there? Is one of them going to be on the field? Is one not? Uh, it just makes me a little bit wary. And I do think that some of the other receivers are going to take away some targets, but aside from that, he's still Mark Andrews top five for sure. I got him at four. Okay. So who's your number two? TJ Hawkinson. And I truly believe I have him at four. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you can flip it and I get, it. I believe that's why I say like the top five tight ends, I believe are elite tight ends that at any point, but for me, I mean, you look at the two, like 2022 was a tale of two seasons for him, right? First half with the Lions, seven games, he gets six targets a game and only has 26 catches. After the trade, he averages nine targets a game and has 60 catches in 10 games. I, to me, especially with the fact that there's no more Adam Thielen, you're bringing in a rookie with Jordan Addison. He's got to learn a few things, develop a little bit. To me, he's the bona fide number two behind Justin Jefferson. And Kirk Cousins loves a check down. We know that. it's He's throwing it on fourth down. He's throwing a check down. Okay. We know he loves to throw a check down. I love TJ Hawkinson going into this season. Uh, it's his first full year now with the team, full offseason training program. I'm excited for him. I've heard a lot of podcasts say they're not hyping up TJ Hogson, that the receivers are going to take too much away from him, that Kirk Cousins is going to have a fall off. Like, I've been listening to a lot of it. And, like, low-key, like, if TJ's there in the fourth or third round, I might pick him up because I really do like TJ. I just like Mark Andrews more because he's shown me, right? Uh, he has shown me the stats previous. Now, is that connection still going to be a thing, right? Oh, teams now can scout for TJ. Like, they know what they do with him, and it's a whole new offense, so they're going to obviously change that up. We can go around in circles chasing each other's tails about what if, what if, right? At the end of the day, TJ Hawkinson hawks the ball and goes and catches it, right? He's certified hands. He'll catch you the football. He's an athlete, and he's young, and he's in a passing scheme. That's why I have to talk more. Like, the top five tight ends are not bad. Like, after Travis Kelsey, like, it can be interchangeable. Um, I'm just going off, like, okay, he has not shown us the elite-level stuff we've seen in Mark Andrews, this and that. So, since I haven't seen it yet, like, I'm still going to put him up there because I do believe in him, but that's why I don't have him as high. I just feel, I mean, he's 26. This is, like, the prime of his career. He's an attractive option in Minnesota. I I just, I like it. Who's your number three? Uh, George Kittle. Yeah. So George Kittle. Just flipped our two four. Hey, yeah. Okay. All right. So well, I can deal with that. I can deal with that. I'm not upset. No, but I mean, let's be real, right? George Kittle. He's coming off of a weird year. A weird year. Like he only averaged 50 yards a game, but he had a career high 11 touchdowns. Like really, really weird. Um. But How many quarterbacks did they have, Yank? I know. That's what I'm saying. But then you have the quarterback carousel, whatever else. But what I will say is when he came back from his injuries, when he was able to get back on the field, I believe that him and Brock Purdy had great chemistry. I believe that he, those 30-point games at the end of the season that he had last year, his hot streak that he had going into the playoffs, I believe that all continues, and it's a trend that we have, that they have set, as long as Brock Purdy becomes the starter and remains that, dealing with his elbow injury and everything uh, moving forward. But, I mean... He's got a career average of 10 yards a target. I mean, the dude the dude is going to be there. It's just a matter of 
How much is McCaffrey going to get the ball? How much is Debo going to get the ball? It's going to get Debo's number three option. I, that's what I'm saying. He is still like he's got to be the number three, but I mean it's still George Kittle. And when a quarterback has chemistry with their tight end, I mean they they love to make that matchup. So we both have number three, and I agree with everything. And what about Shanahan's offense? Elite dude, one of the best offensive play callers out there, right? And Brock Purdy and him do have that chemistry. That's why I have him at number three. Right, Brock Purdy really isn't a deep ball threat kind of guy. He's not out here throwing bombs, calling all these audibles. Like he's gonna stick to kind of like your cousin, a checkdown guy. Put George in the flats, right? Let him block for a one, two, kick out to the flat, do a little air route, boom, bada bing, bada boom, get you one and a half points on a PPR league, right? Like that's great. You know, that's why I'm taking him over TJ Hawkinson, right? I just feel like because he's been in the system. The teams have game plan for him. I think George Kittle could be easily the number two. I think CMC, George Kittle, Debo, like that offense is obviously explosive, and they have to take care of so much. That's why I have him over TJ Hawkinson. They're both from Iowa. Go Hawks, baby. Um, but And his attitude and his vibe is awesome. He is a dude's dude. Like I would love to, first off, have him give just to hang out with the dude. His conversation last year with J.J. Watt, like for one of his last games of the season, was if you haven't heard those that mic'd up moment, I was like, oh, I just want to play with this guy. This exactly. guy's a good time. Exactly. Um, let's move on to number five. Who you got at number five? Number five, you gotta go, you gotta go with some of the you gotta think of the overall teams, you gotta think of the scheme, you gotta think of that. Dallas Goddard with the Philadelphia Eagles. Talk to me. That's what I got at five. Um, I mean, he's averaged almost 60 yards a game after last season. I mean. 10 yards of target, similar to George Kittle. I mean, he was fifth in fantasy points last year, so why not put him at the five spot again? I, just, I think he's got good rapport with Jalen Hurts. We've all talked about, or at least you and I truly believe, like if last year was a revenge season, this year is a revenge season tenfold for Jalen Hurts. I mean, when he's got his lock screen as him walking off the Super Bowl I say after that. a loss, I, I'm feeling good about it. So everybody else – in his vicinity, they can get some. I'm feeling good about Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard is my number six. So totally right. good. Totally cool. Right. He is, he is 28, which kind of, you know, at the back end of his prime. Let's talk about that offense. I totally agree. That offense is great. Like, if you have him at tight end and you're one of those people, like, those are the tight ends you hope that falls to five and sixth round, Yank, and that's going to be great for you. If you have Dallas Goddard, like, you're, I had him last year. He was a staple. He'd get me close Stable. to points a game. Like, sweet. Good. Like, I don't got to worry about it. He's not going to go out, you know, and ball out, have these crazy games. He's not going to be a huge focal point on the offense. But he catches the football. He knows the offense. And Jalen Hurts is that good of a quarterback. And he's going to get him involved in the offense. Right? So, I totally agree with all those things. They have the revenge here. I think they're going to have a baller season. They're my Super Bowl <laughs> prediction team. I almost gave him the jersey, but we talked about it um here on the podcast and them winning the N- nfc and i came out hot with that but um end all be all for him like it's an easy like this is i, I want to have slowly less and less things for these tight ends because like there's not much like, well like you said it's it's harder when you get out of the elite yeah, tiers and everything else we're still learning about some of these guys so i get you but which who's your number six uh, my number six was pat fryermuth for the steelers the i had him at seven Truth is loose. Truth is loose. Now, I think another another big-time rapport guy, chemistry. I mean, let's be real. Like, Kenny Pickett loves 
throwing to this guy. I mean, he drew 98% of his targets and like, like in his second season, he ended up catching 98% of the targets Had 63 catches for 732 yards. I mean, the guy is sure hands. And I, I just love, I mean, this is all again, after a promising rookie year. So, I mean, you have rookie year, you build on that last year, Typically, that third year is usually that breakout year, right? So why not get him up there, make him a potential candidate for a top five tight end this year? I mean, second round round draft pick just living up to his name, man. Yeah, you're slowly like talking me out of like getting Kelsey in the first or second round because Farmouth is a solidified, like I think like 10 points type of guy. So I mean, but Kenny Pickett, we talked about this already earlier on the show. Like he's going to have bad games. They're going to have bad games. And when the quarterback has a bad game, your tight end's going to have a bad game because he's not going to get the football. He is an elite tight end, right? Many people know his name now. He's starting the peak of his career. He is the certified hands man, like you've been saying, Yank. So I love Firemuth. I did. I picked him up late because nobody had him because he was a young guy. And I was like, sweet, like I'll take these good points. And obviously, he has those games dropped. So I have a number seven because he was kind Who'd of. Would you have five? I'll get there, but anything else about Fire Move? No, I'm all good. But number no, I do. I mean, I I just I got faith in the guy. For sure. Number five, and I'm still kind of holding on to if this guy's gonna be good. But Kyle Pitts. Okay, all right, and that's my seven. So that would have been. Hey, nice. we just play a little. We're just a little flippy flap, little flippy flappy. Um, the reason for Kyle Pitts, though, is because I do not trust anyone in the Atlanta Falcons locker room to lead this team. Kyle Pitts is an athlete. He was a first-round draft pick, one of the highest tight ends taken in NFL history. Um, so with that being said, like, he's got to have a breakout year. They had Desmond Ritter, who's going to earn his spot. And, like, if you're a smart quarterback and you're a young quarterback, get completions. Go get first downs, right? Put long drives together to keep your career alive. You know how you do that? Had a lot of easy stick routes to your tight end. Who's their tight end? Kyle Pitts, who can catch the football as well. So I think his usage is why I put him at five in that he's going to be a focal point of this offense. I really do. I'm not hyping up Atlanta at all. I think they might, you know, they ain't going to win much. But in my eyes. I I understand from from where you're saying his skill set. I mean, where he was drafted, his potential, the prospect. I mean, he was the first tight end in 50 seasons to have a thousand yards in his rookie year. Yep. Like, I mean, let's let's be real. The man, the man can play some ball, but it was such a disappointing sophomore year. He tore his MCL at the end of the year, so he's coming back from that. I would think that he's 100 percent healthy, but you never really know. You would think, and I'm and, you know hoping that everything comes back. Well, and then you tell – well, you're talking about also, like, being the focal point of the offense. I'm not so sure if he really is anymore after them drafting really? Bijan, you know? Like, I do truly believe that the Falcons, they go out, they – like, Arthur Smith as a head coach, like, he's a he's a run-loving coach, and they're going to make running the ball focal point. I mean, they already had Tyler Algier for a 1,000-yard season last year. Now this committee is just absolutely filthy, if you ask me. So I think they focus more on that, which might allow the passing game to open up for Kyle Pitts. They have Drake London on the outside, which people have to respect him as well. So I think it's definitely potential for him to do that. That's why I mean, I still have him as a top 10 tight end coming into the season. The skill set is just absolutely unmatched, unwarranted. It's just, I mean, like you said, when you were talking about a leader standpoint, I'm looking at the quarterback position. 
how is Desmond Ritter going to be that guy? Exactly. And he's, like, he's going to try to earn a spot. He was at Cincinnati. He was at that team that made, you know, a, a, a splash in the call. Well, didn't make a splash in the college football playoff, but like to get into the college football playoff uh, for being in the conference that they are in. Now, he is coming. He did run routes against defenders and uh, just recently. So he should be back by like probably week two, uh, week one. He is questionable right now. So that's good. I had his double stat, uh, stat check myself because I would have been like, dude, what a terrible take. But uh, so we are all caught up. Who's your number eight? We got eight, nine, ten. I'm going the Mr. New York, Darren Waller. That's where I'm going. Um, I know the injuries have been a concern. And they will continue to worry me because it's been, I want to say, since 2020, really, that he's really dominated. Because I mean, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in 2019, 2020. Then he misses almost an entire year. And then he follows it up with missing, like, another five games. And he's in your top 10 Y. What did you say? And he's in your top 10 Y. Because of the actual talent when he's on the when he's on the field. I mean, it's the same thing that we talk about when we talk about Mark Andrews or anything else. When you discuss these big physical specimen of tight like Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, these they guys backed it up with their stats. What is that? They backed it up with their stats. Well, so did Darren Waller when he plays a full season. That's what I'm saying. Like with his, the last two the last two seasons he played in every game. They were both back to it was a back to back thousand yard seasons, 2019, 2020. But he missed eight games in 2021. He missed six games in the following year. Like he's been an injury prone player. It's just that's just the thing. Was he now at the he's Raiders on the Giants team. What? He was at the Raiders when he did that, right? Yeah, and he was at the Raiders when he did that. And now he and goes to a good the Giants team that does not it was Derek Carr back then. Um, he had an MVP run. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's more in the quarterback's hands. And when you got well, I get that. Buns, Daniel now, Jones. Now he's going to a Giants team, which I'm Doo-doo not going to. I'm not going to sit here and hype up Daniel Jones, but I will say that they don't have like a whole bunch of other threats from a receiving standpoint. So he's going to get looks. He's going to get looks if he stays healthy. And Doo-Doo Jones. Nope. I am not like I am. I have a hate. Rich, I'm sorry, our good friend DB, but like. Daniel Jones should not have had the bag, and I'm just hurt because Saquon Barkley did not get paid. He got the final. That is true. That is true. Anyway, my number eight is Evan Ingram because I've been hyping up the Jacksonville Jaguars on here. Trevor Lawrence is on the upward spiral if we're talking, you know, sales and markets. I don't know. You know, like those, you know, that meme where it goes, going up. I mean, yeah. I I remember him carrying some people with some late pickups in fantasy last year. So Exactly, and I think – He's not going to be this star-sided guy. He's a good guy. Like, if you want eight solid points a week and just a guy who's going to get looked at and you're going to get some targets, like, you got to go with Evan Ingram, right? They are going to share the rock. They are going to be a more of a passing offense in Jacksonville. You need a passing offense tight end on your team. So if you want to say get rid of the whole tight end position, which draft Evan Ingram at eight, I think you'll be okay. That's why I also have higher because, like, a lot of people are going to miss out on him. Like, oh, I'll just take him. I think he's going to do well. He's going to score you eight points, eight kind of where I'm going with that. You know, I feel like I'm going to be mad at myself for leaving him off this list entirely because I do also believe in Jaguars in general. Exactly. Come on. And all that. Like, I get that, but I did not. I would have probably had him. I guess I had him at 11 because he was definitely a name that I thought about. But I actually went ahead and put Greg Dolchich at number nine. Um, 
very it's more of like a prospect pick i would say but i think that this kid after what he did in his rookie year has the potential to be great he's now stepping into an offense that's going to be completely revolutionized with the presence of sean payton you would think that russell wilson's going to be better which would inherently mean that his stats are going to be better but i mean he, he missed the first five games as a rookie and then comes in and still has 35 catches for 400 plus yards and a couple touchdowns in like in 10 games. I mean, I will take that for a rookie performer in your first 10 games in a league. That tells me that you're a little bit of a baller and now you got a full off season. You're healthy. Like everything I was saying with the offense changing, I think that's all benefiting him. And I actually have him becoming a top 10 tight end this season. That's a hot take. That's one of those takes that you kind of unburied. I'm going to give you that. If it happens, it happens. I don't see it happening at all. I think the Broncos almost repeat, not as bad, but they do not. Wow, do really? Talk about that when we get uh, get to that preview. But interesting. That's all I got to say. Like, I am not going to back up nothing. I ain't got much to say about that. All right. Uh, my number nine is Dalton Schultz, the once upon a time Dallas Cowboy, is now with the Houston Texans. And once again, rookie quarterback. Let's try to keep ourselves in the league. Let's get to easy passes. Passing to my tight end, who is attached to my offensive line, doing a stick route or an, or an out or a quick, you know, hook to curl, whatever you want to call it. Unguardable. Is easier. It is harder to throw downfield, right? It's harder to hit a slant if uh, linebackers rolling out to cover. So I got to get it, Yank. Okay. It's harder to throw to the receivers. So, Dalton Schultz, proven. He's proven it at Dallas. I loved him at my tight end position, I think, a year or two ago. He was a baller. He balls on Thanksgiving. Like, I absolutely love it. And now he's going to go to Houston where, you know, they're still in the rebuilding process and they got Bryce Young. Like, he's he can ball. Oh, they got CJ. Oh. They got CJ. Sorry, 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 CJ. My bad. Uh, Bryce Young's on the um, Panthers. My bad. Yeah. CJ, who I think is better, right? That even helps out my case more. Like, I think CJ's kind of better than Bryce Young. I'll admit that. I can't wait till Mr. Mino comes on. But uh, CJ Stroud was a proven winner at Ohio State, and he can get his teammates involved. I think it's going to be a great fit. I mean, again, uh, be really. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to be upset about Dalton Schultz. I think that C.J. Stroud will be just fine in the NFL. I mean, I would lean. I'm going to be the one that leans Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud, but at the same well, time, another day. But another day. yeah, another day. <laughs> at the same time, um, I think overall, I mean, Dalton Schultz he proved himself in Dallas, like you said. He shows up in Houston where there's not a bunch of targets that are necessarily dominant forces that are going to take away things from him. But I I just don't see the offense as being something super explosive in general. Um, so I, I don't have him on the list either. Um, and for just, just basically on that reason, I don't think it has anything to do with it from a skill standpoint. I think that he could easily break that top 10. Um, it's just a matter of, I, I have to see this offense because it is so young yep. across the board. I mean, it is quarterback, it's receivers, the running back is the only thing I feel confident about, and he's in his second year. So, I mean, it, it's they just got to gain some experience and show me a little bit more this season. But, I mean, I like it. I like it. But I would probably have had him, again, like 12, 13-ish. Who's your next pick? What, you nine? Number 10, you're going to love it. We're going Cole, baby. Cole commits. I actually do not want people to sleep on them all i do because i mean this is this might be who i'm aiming for in the draft i'm gonna be dead ass serious right now guys one of the few 
incredible pass catchers for the Chicago Bears last season. Honestly, still one of the few credible pass catchers for the Chicago Bears going into the, uh, this season. But, I mean, let's be real. He led the team in targets last year. He had 69. Led the team in targets. He led the team in catches with 50. He led the team in receiving yards, 544. He led the team with touchdown catches and seven. Yes, it was a very slow start. He only had five only caught five passes in the first four games. I understand that. But he still finished tight end eighth. Tight end number eight in PPR fantasy scoring with that start because of how they ended the season, because of the hot streak that was coming on, because of the chemistry that you and I talked about in the preseason with him and Justin Fields. Fields likes to throw it to him. And I feel uh, like, especially with how it ended last season, I really like him going into this season. I, I think this could be it. This could be that breakout year. I want to say this is year three for him. Makes sense. Full commit. signed a big deal. Uh, I really don't like him. And that's coming from a Bears fan. You don't like it? Oh. Because I don't like him as much. I think he's a fine tight end. I'm not going to go pick him up. I thought he was going to be um, behind me. I, I know. And it's bonkers me saying that, Yank. And at the end of the day, like, I've just seen so many Bears games in the past two years. And I've seen Cole Komet have a lot of drops. And I've seen him being missed as, like, being thrown to the ball with a lot of those targets. And, you know, I loved him coming to the drafts. I just want to hit people. Like, da 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 Like, ah. It's 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 a love hate relationship, you know, because like when I see Cole Komet's name, I'm like, dang, like he ain't the guy, you know, from our tight end position. But then when I actually like, you know, hear him talking and see a little bit of film, like of him actually doing well, I'm like, okay. But then I see the film him doing bad. You see what I'm saying? It's just it's it's a lot of love hate. I get you. I get you. I love all the things you said. Boosted out my bears, like all right, all right, all right. But I I don't got him in the top ten. He probably would have been eleven, twelve. On my book. Hey, I mean, hey, it gets a little dicey towards the end there, but I, I mean, all in all, I, I mean, respect the list. I respect it. Oh, yeah. My last pick is Tyler Higby from Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I just think because Cooper Cup can't do it all, I think they still are a passing team. And he's going to average like five points a game, like six points a game. Like, I am not saying, like, he's going to be great. Yeah, no faith in tight ends. Five points a game is 10th tight end in the league this year, guys. I'll give it seven. <laughs> what was it last year? I have no idea what the 10th position was last year. No, what like. Average. Probably did average. Probably, like, eight. I will say that. All right, well, that's our last talk as I get this uh, last stat. <laughs> like stat I actually want to know. Like, I actually want to know, like, see how well I was, like, off my, like, on it. But um, averages the 10th. 5.7 was. No way. Seven. Told you, bro. 5.7. 6.1 was Evan Ingram. Right. 12.1 was Travis Kelsey. Oh, that was non PPR leagues. Yeah. Because you said 19 earlier. Yeah, well, it's PPR. Okay, relax. Let me pull up PPR. No, I'm sorry. Jeez. Okay, yeah, shut up. Okay, yeah, you're right. Jeez, no way. No way those are the averages. That's crazy. Uh, 10, so Tyler Higbee had 9.5 last year at number six. And that number ten, number nine, Taysom, Taysom Hill, number ten with Dalton Shorts was nine point five. 
So okay. nine points. I'll give him eight points. I'll go. PPR. All right. Well, I didn't even know that he was as high as he was last year. So yeah, and that's why I also I did it. And like they didn't have a quarterback last year. Stafford comes back. I heard uh, Stenson Bennett's been throwing dimes and looking really good in camp. Darts. Um, no, I mean, any last things before we close out this episode? The tight end went longer than I thought. I will admit, like, we really broke down tight ends, and it gave me faith to not go pick up Travis Kelsey. Like, I needed this. Yeah, and it gave me faith that, like, okay, like, I can stretch it out, maybe. Exactly. I'm stretching it out. I'll let everyone know. Like, go pick up Travis Kelsey. (laughs) I don't want him. Well, I do, if you want to let him fall. So, four or five. But, um, any last things? Oh, I got something. Had someone today tell me, who was better at football, Zizzy or Mickey? And I'm like, first of all, you can't do that. We're two different. Oh, so like, at, our, at our at our position, who was better? Injuries Ooh. aside, that's a hot debate. Maybe for another day. But when I thought about it, I was like, oh, that's I mean, tough. I mean, Zizzy's on the all time list. Captains, captains. You know, <laughs> like he was the dude. You know. But here's where I'll say this though. Uh-oh. I said we were even. Like we probably no, even, here's like, where here's why I say this. I don't think I ever got a big enough sample size to really be able to tell. Say. Uh to be on like because I'll always forget that three game stretch. I'll, I'll well, I won't I'll, like always remember, not forget, but I'll always remember that three game stretch that you had to start the season. <laughs> before before, second, before had, yeah before two, the second knee injury i should have had three yeah because my sophomore year yeah. i should have had three touchdowns i was but when you yeah when you went down in game three against i think it was co yeah it would been game two it, so, was it game two yeah so oh, i thought it was game three yeah but even still like the the stats from game one and then how you were playing in that game going i thought i had like 80 that, that season <laughs> that season i thought was going to be special and that would that would have been gave me enough sample size <laughs> where i could have been like you know we we got some college ball to look some film to look at <laughs> i i just don't think that you can compare that enough and we didn't play together in high school man right right you did no. get to go yeah, you, you did go deeper in the playoffs though you did go much deeper in the playoffs you definitely, I think, take the crown just like overall career because, like, yeah, he just couldn't stay healthy. This guy, this scrub at running back, like, he was a good two game wonder. Like, no, I thought about that. I was like, dang, like, honestly, made me think kind of like with you. Uh, no, that's funny though. I mean, you know, I got, I did hear the one that I hear now, uh, ever since we left is the uh, the Colden Clark and me comparison. I hear about a lot, but I have to. I don't know. I, I that, never saw that's him. film. He he just a certified tackler. He wasn't as big and explosive like plays that you had, but like he was just certified. He was like, I'm gonna yeah. make the tackle. But Either way, baby. <laughs> Either. Either but, way. Uh, no, that was my last thing. Uh, hot take. Bengals. I guess that's the hot take. Is Ravens are gonna be number two. <laughs> I'm. I'm. Got, I. I really do think. I. I mean, my hot take. Ravens are winning this because I already put the bet down. <laughs> they are winning the division this year. Got to take an underdog here and there. Got to love. All righty, sign us off. If you're talking sports, this is the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a great night, everybody. Peace. <laughs>